Welcome to Realoron International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoron. I am so delighted you are with me today to take a look at the sin map. Very interesting topic we're going to have and engage in today. Welcome. As many as I love, I rebuke in chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Revelation 3.19. Let's take a look at the sin map. If you have your sin map handy, I want you to take a look at it because we're going to be, this is our starting point where the uh, male and female are found up at the uh, left-hand corner up here. We're going to be walking through the different steps. What does God do with us when we are in sin? So if you don't have your map with you, or you're just listening to me, go into um, Realoran and go to the Bible study tab and check on sin map. And there you will find the map located for you unless you have the book alongside. Or if you choose just to listen, that is fine as well. But we are going to begin going through the different areas in what is called the sin map. Once again, we can see the male and female at the very top of the corner. Uh, the first row says sin. There is sin found in that life. And we know that God has a problem with sin. That was the very beginning of the problem that God ever had when he created his angelic host. And the leader of uh, God in the angelic host, his name was Lucifer. And he was beautiful and he was in charge of the music and he was supposed to be one of the leading uh, covering angels to protect creation. And these musical instruments were placed within inside of him, and he was beautiful and stunning in every way. But he rebelled against God and wanted to be God and to bring a third of the angels in war against God for his place, which was just ridiculous because you cannot put God out. He's not something that you can eliminate or put out. He alone is God, and He is in charge of His existence. So let's take a look at what God has a problem with, and that is sin. If God doesn't remove our sin in the blood of Jesus, and by us confessing our sin, and saying, God, I'm sorry I have sinned, as all men were born into sin, and nobody's been exempt from sin except for Christ, uh, we all have something to deal with, with God called sin. So let's check out how God interacts with the human race when it comes to sin. He brings a gentle correction and a conviction and knowing that this isn't right. You know, this isn't right that you're skipping out at church uh, while your wife is in the choir and you're going down the street to have sex with a lady, a, a lady named uh, Alice that has become your secret lover. It's not okay that you preach on Sunday morning and that afternoon on the way home you go and hire a prostitute and a bottle of gin. It's not okay that you're maybe the church drummer and the worship group 
and you skate off for the weekend in a cabin far away with an ounce of cocaine. It's not okay that we as God's people sin. And so God is going to bring a gentle correction. He's going to say, hey, you know, you need to stop doing this. This is against my policy called holiness. And you need to look at this and you need to confess this and you need to get rid of this. You know, he might say, we need to get a trash bag and go around your house and clean things up because you have so much sin here. And if I, in my love for you, am not able to get rid of your sin, I will have to get rid of you when you exit the earth and stand before me. Because sin will not come in to heaven, into my Father's house. It will not come in. Sin must be dealt with on earth while we're still here and removed by confessing our sin to, to God and having our sin removed by the only cleansing agent God has given to humanity for the removal of their sin, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other method. And God brings that conviction, that feeling of, I'm doing wrong, you know, I need to change. And, and, and so many times he, he brings us into what is called repentance and where we say, I'm sorry, God, you know, you're right. And we go and we, we go into what's called conversion. Now we actually get rid of the sin and live right. And then God is able to mature us up and we are able to enter into our promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of surplus, a land of abundance, a land of delight, a land of plenty, a land of purpose and beauty. And then when we depart the earth from our promised land, we get to enter into heaven, a beautiful, beautiful location, which is above the earth for the people that loved and honored God underneath his commanded way. And then once we're in heaven, we have all these ages yet to come throughout the generations. It will be a beautiful life. Let's go to the second level next to the couple on the left-hand side of the sin map. And we see where sin is present there. And here comes the gentle correction of God. He says, hey, Louie, you know, you can't be skipping out after work and, and stopping off at the strip club and uh, hiring a prostitute, you know, while your wife is at the church teaching Bible study. I, I have a problem, God says, with sin. It must be confessed and removed or else I will have to remove you from me and say, depart from me, you worker of sin, you worker of iniquity, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and you will be eternally separated from God in a place called hell and the lake of fire for all eternity. To God's sorrow and your eternal regret. So God brings that gentle correction, says, Louis, you can't do this, and, and uh, conviction that this, this is wrong. We don't, we, don't, we don't do this stuff. We are a kingdom of righteousness, holiness, peace, joy, mercy, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, kindness. And uh, Louis says, I'm not going to do what you say, God. I'm not going to repent. I love to have sex with my mistress. You know that. And I love my, my, my drugs and my alcohol and, and every foul thing. And he just continues in sin. And, 
ignores God. God sees the long picture for Louis and he says, oh no, you know, sin. Death is at the end of the road of sin. If you're walking in sin, at the very end of your journey, at the very end of your road is a place called death. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And then we can go into Amos 9.10, where God states specifically in his oath, his covenant, his contract with humanity in the Bible, all the sinners of my people will perish by the sword, which is the words written in my oath. If, if God's people die in iniquity, they will enter into eternal separation from God, as he clearly states throughout the Bible. But then, you know, God's love or, or even grows even stronger. And we see that God's love arises to save Louis from his fate his fate of death and his fate of eternal separation in a place called hell and the lake of fire. And God brings judgment. God visits Louis's life with judgment in hopes of his repenting. Oh boy, in, in, in judgment, Louis feels pain because judgment is pain. And pain ends sin, hopefully, Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. That is God's goal. And we know that in God's judgment, it brings pain, and in pain, we begin to lose somewhere in our life, maybe in our finances, maybe in our careers, maybe in our families, maybe in our health, maybe in our, in, in our mind. Something is weak and is beginning to deteriorate and we turn to God for answers and we God is able to speak to us and say Louis you didn't listen to me in my gentle correction and my conviction and I didn't want you to die and be eternally separated from me in a place called hell and the lake of fire so I brought judgment in hope that you would turn to me and say God why is this happening in my life why am I losing in my finances? Why am I losing in my family? Why am I losing in my career? And why is my health deteriorating? And God would be able to speak to Louis about his sin that he has allowed in his life that brings destruction because we know where sin is, Satan is. Because whatever sin you do is the snake you serve. And whatever snake you serve is the snake that will destroy you. And so God in his love is looking at you to save you. If God's eyes are still upon you, sir, it's to save your life. If God's eyes are upon you, ma'am, it is to save your life. And so God is able to bring Louis, and Louis says, oh God, you know, this, 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 is, this hurts, this judgment hurts, and I'm through with sin, and that goes right along with scripture, it says those who have suffered are through with sin, they, I'm done, I'm done, I don't want to go back there again, I'm done God, and he's like, good, because that was my goal. My goal is always your soul with me.
God is able to bring around restoration, and he begins to restore the broken places that he broke, as we read in the Bible many times, how God would correct David, and he'd say, you're going to heal the legs you broke, right? Because of God's love for David, he brought judgment. He brought pain to bring salvation to David, a man that he loved and created, a son named David. So he's able to reach into Louis's life now, and he's able to fix the broken places that he broke, but it might not be an immediate restoration. Louis may have to walk a long, long road with the consequences of his behavior, even though he's been forgiven, until God is absolutely sure that when he lays his hand upon Louis, and maybe your name is Alice, to restore your life, that you won't walk off with the devil again in destruction. And so God is the one that has the watch, and God is the hand that brings the restoration, and God is the judge of when the right time is for you to be restored out of your correction. Many people forfeit in that time slot because they don't think it's right, they don't think it's fair. Bitterness rises up within them and they turn against God, just as the devil desires, and they walk off with the devil into death. Don't let that happen to you. Be patient with God as God is working all things together for your good. Romans 8.28 tells us that. And then God will bring restoration in his time to Louis and Alice, and they will eventually enter into the beautiful covenanted place in life called the Promised Land. We all enter into the Promised Land at different times and uh, different seasons of our life based upon the, the, the masterpiece that God has created. Will this person be able to, to, to live in the promised land and keep their soul? Or will they enter into the promised land and quickly forfeit their eternal soul into the arms of Lucifer? So God is always looking and, and checking areas in you to make sure that there's no weakness for your failure and for your forfeiting and for your uh, eternal soul. God has always got your best interest at heart. And then once Louis and Alice are led into their promised land, when they exit the earth, they will arrive in heaven, the beautiful place prepared and made for those who love and honor God. And then once they're in heaven and they have all of infinity, eternity has no back. There's no end to the picture of forever. It is age after age after age to come with the saints, your family, your brothers, your sisters in Christ, and your Father, and your Savior, and the Holy Ghost, and the angels that serve Him night and day. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful situation. But let's, uh, let's march on back over here to uh, God's love right above the heart and uh, we're going to check out 
Once again, you know, God is concerned over Louis and Alice because they are in sin, and now God has to bring judgment. So he brings pain once again to their life. But this time, they don't repent. They live in continual sin, and God has to bring something worse now called calamity. Calamity is worse than judgment. You know, judgment could be when you take the car keys from your son that uh, missed the clock by 30 minutes and he's grounded from the car for a week. But now calamity takes the car keys for a lifetime, perhaps, perhaps six months, because he was not just a half hour late, he was four days late. So up the pain is called calamity. And in calamity, Louis and Alice said, oh my goodness, Lord, oh my goodness, how can we get out of this problem? Our home blew apart, or, you know, Louis got leprosy, or somebody broke into our car, and all of our money in our bank disappeared, and my goodness, now what? And God says, I'm so glad to hear from you today, Louis. I've been waiting for you to respond to calamity sent by me because of my love for you so that you don't lose on earth and you don't lose in eternity. So he's able to get Louis to understand and God says, come let us reason together and I will speak to you. And Louis says, oh goodness God, I'm going to repent, I confess my sin and now I'm going to reform in what is called conversion. I will no longer do the sin that I did before. I will now do righteousness. And God says, very good, Louis. Very good, Alice. Now I can bring restoration into your life and take you into your promised land because I know you've learned your lessons and I, now I can truly bless your life so that you will be safe because the one thing that God wants when he looks at you is he wants your safety, and he wants you with him forever. It's the core of who he is. And he wants to sharpen you and make you his masterpiece because he loves you. And he will refine you and polish you and scrub you. And sometimes in the scrubbing and the processing that God does with us, we don't like that. We scream and we scream. But later, we'll say, thank you, God. I call it black eyes. He gets black eyes when we, we, we get in his face, so to speak, and let him have it. But later, we give him thank you cards with tears running down our face for where he has brought us to. And then once Louie and Alice enter into their promised land and comes the day where they exit the planets like all humans do, they enter into the beautiful place called heaven. And then, once they're in heaven, they have forever with God and the saints their brothers and sisters in Christ and glorious, beautiful angels. It's wonderful. Let's go back to God's heart. We can see another scenario where there's, a, there's another couple called Bob and Patty. Oh my goodness, God has such love for them. Let's go back up to that heart. Let's go back up to that heart. But there are Bob and Patty are in sin and God has to do something because of his love. And God brings judgment. And in that judgment, many things happen. Their life deteriorates, their kids deteriorate, 
But they become non-repentant. They won't turn to God and find out why the judgments come. And they don't care. They just don't care. And they turn bitter. Bitterness is the result of God's love and God's judgment so that he can save them and bring them up in life and into eternity with him. Bitterness is what he receives from Bob and Patty. And then they begin to hate God in their bitterness. And then they begin to blame God in their bitterness. And then they begin to blame everybody else in their bitterness. And then they die. And they enter into the place of the damned, the netherworld, as the Hebrew language tells us. Into the eternal separation from Almighty God forever and forever in the dark location underneath the earth as you're walking around making dinner or you might be playing golf or you might be giving a speech and wearing your beautiful new dress or you might be reading an Easter story to the nation of the United States and doing a very fine job, I might add. And underneath the ground of the earth is a location that God wants no one to enter called hell that is eventually flushed away into the lake of eternal fire. And so Bob and Patty got bitter and they hated God, they blamed God, they blamed others and they died in that area. And they went into hell and they were flushed into the lake of fire where people every day and every hour are burning while we're doing our hair or going to the grocery or doing our, our exercise routines or doing our swimming laps or playing our tennis or getting our nails done or redecorating our homes or buying a new car or taking our, our son or daughter to their lessons, uh, musical lessons. They're burning in hell underneath us. As you're driving your new car to, to pick up a friend to go to lunch and have a very special time together to discuss your trip from Paris. They're burning in hell underneath the earth. And our day will come where we exit. And we want to make sure that we go up and that we die in righteousness and not sin. And Bob and Patty now live in eternal regret. And every night as you're washing your face and brushing your teeth and getting ready for bed. There's people underneath the earth screaming and firing flaming pits with brimstone, burning coals. And they're screaming and running naked for naked. Naked are the people in hell before the eyes of God, as the book of Job tells us. Every day, and 107 people per minute, per minute, leave the earth. Arrival in heaven or arrival in hell based on what they did with truth. To die in sin is to arrive in hell. To die in righteousness where your sin has been removed in the blood of Jesus and in right relationship with Almighty God and cleanliness and holiness and purity 
is the entrance into heaven. There is no other option. Jesus Christ, as Hebrews 13.8 tells us plainly, is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. His book is the most important book you will ever open, called the Bible. And for you to read it for yourself, and you may say, oh, but I will never understand that. That's not true. The Lord himself comes close, and he teaches the people that open up his word. You can't always see the Lord as I have unless he reveals himself to you. But every time the Bible is open and someone says, Lord, help me to know you and know how to live. He's right there. He's the greatest, greatest, greatest teacher that ever lived, for he alone is God. In the book of John, chapter 6, verse 45, it states very clearly, and all the prophets wrote that they would all be taught by God. And so get yourself a Bible, a King James Version, and sit down with God and ask him to come close and to teach you who he is. He's it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself, and that's how we stay in righteousness on a daily basis. We know the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, 10 reads, Correction is grievous unto him that forsakes the way. And he that hates reproof or hates correction, hates discipline, will die. So when God brings judgment, into our life. We need to sit down and say, what's going on? And he says, come, let us reason, and I will tell you. You know, we're living in international judgment as I speak. The year is 2020. We have arrived in a place that none of us looked forward to. None of us had this time on our calendar. We didn't have it in our phones. We didn't have it in our day planner or our bucket list called COVID-19. But nonetheless, it is an international pandemic that is an international judgment of Almighty God. And he did this in his love for humanity, that humanity would turn to him and come speak to him, open up his book and search for him and to know the reason was his love, so that we could tell him we're sorry, God, and we could have our sins removed in his blood and begin to live life underneath his throne as commanded and expected for our safety. It is a love call from the throne. Find yourself tonight at the feet of Jesus and ask him to remove your sin and pick up the greatest book ever written about himself called the Bible and live and inherit all. Rialaron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialaron today at www.rialaron.org.